The Jay Doherty Podcast. And now, broadcasting live from downtown Chicago, here's your host, Jay Doherty. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Jay Doherty Podcast. This is episode number 74, and we're broadcasting live right now on February 15, 2019. We're expecting uh, President Donald Trump, the United States president, to come to the podium in the Rose Garden any moment now to deliver what uh, he believes and what many analysts, including people close to the White House and close to Washington on the Republican side, like uh, Mitch McConnell and others, they're saying that he's going to declare a national emergency in order to receive funding for his originally $5.7 billion border wall. Some saying it's going to be $8 billion. We don't know the specifics yet, but we're expecting to uh, hear them soon as he's 30 minutes late uh, to his speech and I actually recorded something, but I was stalling for way too long and I'm hearing now that he is coming to the podium pretty quickly now. He should be there in a couple minutes. But uh, it's going to be a very interesting speech to see exactly what he says. Hopefully he'll take a couple questions, yell at some reporters. I mean, hopefully not. But, you know, it's it's always funny to get some entertainment out of these things. And uh, that's what we will be looking for. I have a feed coming in right now from uh, the White House. And uh, we're going to be taking a look at it right here, right now. The White House podium is out front of the Rose Garden as we speak. Has a nice little backdrop with the American flag and the presidential seal flag. And uh, just like normal, just like he makes a lot of these, uh, you know, uh, responses and statements from these places. This is just another one, and he's going to be talking about, you know, my prediction is he's just going to declare the national emergency. Oh, there he is. Uh, my prediction, and he's walking out right now with a sea of reporters here. My prediction, he's going to declare a national emergency. That's what's going to happen, without a doubt. He just walked out of the Oval Office. He's coming down to the sta- uh, podium, and I think he'll get $8 billion for his border wall. Here's United States President Donald Thank J. Trump. So much, everybody. Before we begin, I'd like to just say that we have a large team of very talented people. In China, we've had a uh, negotiation going on for about two days. It's going extremely well. Who knows what that means, because it only matters if we get it done. But we're uh, very much uh, working very closely with China and President Xi, who I respect a lot. Very good relationship that we have. And we're a lot closer than we ever were in this country with having a real trade deal. We're covering everything, all of the points that people have been talking about for years that said couldn't be done, whether it was theft or uh, anything, anything. The unfairness. Uh, We've been losing, on average, $375 billion a year with China. A lot of people think it's $506 billion. Some people think it's much more than that. We're going to be leveling the playing field. Uh, The tariffs are hurting China very badly. They don't want them. And frankly, if we could make the deal, it'd be my honor to remove them. But otherwise, we're having many billions of dollars pouring into our Treasury. We've never had that before with China. It's been very much of a one-way street. So that's happening. And uh, the relationship with China is very good. But I think they finally respect our country. They haven't respected us for a long time. Not for a long time. Get to the point, Donnie. Uh, The U.K. and the U.S., as you probably have been seeing and hearing, we're agreeing to go forward and 
preserve our trade agreement. You know all of the situation with respect to Brexit and the complexity and the problems, but we have a very good trading relationship with UK, and that's just been uh, strengthened further. So with the UK, we're continuing our trade, and uh, we are going to actually be increasing it very substantially as time goes by. We expect that the UK will be uh, very, very substantially increased as it relates to trade with the United States. The relationship there also is very good. We have a lot of uh, great announcements having to do with Syria and our success with the eradication of the caliphate, and that'll be announced over the next uh, 24 hours, and many other things. A lot of positive things are going on. We're working on a, uh, a summit, and you know all about the summit. It'll be in Vietnam, Hanoi, and uh, we will we'll be meeting in Hanoi. I think a lot of you will be going, I suspect. And I hope we have the same good luck as we had in the first summit. A lot was done in the first summit. No more That's rockets going true. up, no more missiles going up, no more testing of nuclear. This is Get back untrue. our remains, the remains of our great heroes from the Korean War. And we got back our hostages. But uh, we hope we're going to be very much equally as successful. I'm in no rush for speed. We just don't want testing. The sanctions, as you know, remain. Uh, everything is remaining. China's been helping us, and Russia's been helping us. Yes, and they South you Korea, get I think you can say, has been uh, — we've been working very closely with South Korea, with Japan. But uh, China, Russia on the border have really been at least partially living up to what they're supposed to be doing, and that's okay, as per the United Nations. So we will uh, have a meeting on the 27th and 28th of February, and I think that will be a very successful one. I look forward to seeing Chairman Kim. We have also established a very good relationship, which has never happened between him or his family in the United States. Uh, they have really taken advantage of the United States. Billions of dollars has been paid to them. And uh, we, uh, we won't let that happen, but we think that North Korea and Chairman Kim have a tremendous potential as an economic force, economic power. Their location between South Korea and then Russia and China, right smack in the middle, is phenomenal. And we think they have a uh, great chance for tremendous economic prosperity in the future. So I look forward to seeing Chairman Kim in Vietnam. Today I'm announcing uh, several critical actions that my administration is taking to confront a problem that we have right here at home. We fight wars that are 6,000 miles away, wars that we should have never been in in many cases, but we don't control our own border. So we're going to confront the national security crisis on our southern border. Here we go. And we're going to do it one way or the other. We have to do it. Not because it was a campaign promise, which it is. It was one of many, by the way. Not my only one. We're rebuilding the military. Our economy is thriving like never before. You look at other economies. They're doing terribly, and we're doing phenomenally. The market is up tremendously today. Not that there's anything but, you know, because I'll go back in and they'll say, oh, the market just went down. But the market is uh, getting close to the new highs.
that we created. We, uh, we have all the records. We have every record. But we're getting close to that point again where we'll create new records. So our country is doing very well economically. And uh, we've done a lot. But one of the things I said I have to do and I want to do is border security, because we have tremendous amounts of drugs flowing into our country, much of it coming from the southern border. When you look and when you listen to politicians, uh, in particular certain Democrats, they say it all comes through the port of entry. It's wrong. It's wrong. It's just a lie. It's all a lie. They say walls don't work. Walls work 100 percent. Uh, whether it's El Paso, I, I really was smiling because the other night I was in El Paso. We had a tremendous crowd and a tremendous crowd. And I asked the people, many of whom were from El Paso, but they came from all over Texas. And I asked them, I said, let me ask you the, uh, as a crowd, when the wall went up, was it better? You, you were there, some of you. It was not only better, it was like 100 percent better. You know what they did. But that's only one example. There are so many examples. In El Paso, they have close to 2,000 murders right on the other side of the wall. And they had 23 murders. It's a lot of murders. But it's not close to 2,000 murders right on the other side of the wall in Mexico. So everyone knows that walls work. And there are better examples than El Paso, frankly. You just take a look almost everywhere. Take a look at Israel. They're building another wall. Their wall is 99.9 percent effective, they told me. 99.9 percent. That's what it would be with us, too. The only weakness is they go to a wall and then they go around the wall. They go around the wall and in. Okay? That's what it is. Very simple. And a big majority of the big drugs, the big drug loads, don't go through ports of entry. They can't go through ports of entry. You can't take big loads because you have people. We have some very capable people, the Border Patrol, law enforcement, looking. You can't take human traffic, women and girls. You can't take them through ports of entry. You can't have them tied up in the back seat of a car or a truck or a van. They open the door. They look. They can't see three women with tape in their mouth or three women whose hands are tied. They go through areas where you have no wall. Everybody knows that. Nancy knows it. Chuck knows it. They all know it. It's all a big lie. It's a big con game. You don't have to be very smart to know. You put up a barrier, the people come in, and that's it. They can't do anything unless they walk left or right, and they find an area where there's no barrier, and they come into the United States. Welcome. We've detained more people. Our border agents are doing such incredible work. Our military has been incredible. We put up barbed wire on top of certain old walls that were there. We fixed the wall, and we loaded up with barbed wire. It's very successful. But our military has been fantastic, and I want to thank them. And it's very necessary. We've broken up two caravans that are on their way. They just are breaking. They're in the process of breaking up. We have another one that we haven't been able to break up yet. We've been actually working with Mexico much better than ever before. I want to thank the President. I want to thank Mexico. They have their own problems. They have the largest number of murders that they've ever had in their history. Almost 40,000 murders. 40,000! 
and they got to straighten that out, and I think they will. But I just want to thank the President, because he's been helping us with these monstrous caravans that have been coming up. We had one that was up to over 15,000 people. It's largely broken up. Uh, others have gotten through. And in Tijuana, you have a lot of people staying there. If we didn't have the wall up, and if we didn't have the wall secured and strengthened, they would have walked right through. They'd be welcome to the United States. One of the things we'd save tremendous uh, — just a tremendous amount on would be sending the military. If we had a wall, we don't need the military, because we'd have a wall. So I'm going to be signing a national emergency. And it's been signed many times before. It's been signed by other presidents. From 1977 or so, it gave the presidents the power. There's rarely been a problem. They sign it. Nobody cares. I guess they weren't very exciting. But nobody cares. They sign it for far less important things in some cases, in many cases. We're talking about an invasion of our country with drugs, with human traffickers, with all types of criminals and gangs. We have some of the greatest people I know. They've been with me from the beginning of my campaign, almost from the first week, the Angel Moms. Unfortunately, we have new Angel Moms. One incredible woman just showed me her daughter, who we're talking about killed in the year of 18. I said, I haven't seen you before. She said, no, I'm new. I said, that's too bad. It's too bad. It's so sad. Stand up just for a second. Show how beautiful your girl was. Thank you. I have such respect for these people. Angel moms, angel dads, angel families. I have great respect for these people. These are great people. These are great people. They're fighting for their children that have been killed by people that were illegally in this country. And the press doesn't cover them. They don't want to, incredibly. And they're not treated the way they should be. They're fighting for other people because they don't want ha what happened to their children or husband or anybody. Uh, we have one young lady whose husband — please, stand up. Your husband was just killed in Maryland. Incredible man, just killed. Beautiful children won't be seeing their father again. These are brave people. These are people that are — they don't have to be here. They don't have to be doing this. They're doing it for other people. So I just want to thank all of you for being here, okay? I really do. I want to thank you, incredible people. Last year, 70,000 Americans were killed at least — I think the number is ridiculously low by drugs, including meth and heroin and cocaine, fentanyl. Now, one of the things that I did with President Xi in China when I met him in Argentina at a summit, before I even started talking about the trade, it was a trade meeting. It went very well. But before I talked about trade, I talked about something more important. I said, listen, we have Tremendous amounts of fentanyl coming into our country kills tens of thousands of people, I think far more than anybody registers. And I'd love you to declare it a lethal drug. 
and put it on your criminal list. And their criminal list is much tougher than our criminal list. Their criminal list, a drug dealer gets a thing called the death penalty. Our criminal list, a drug dealer gets a thing called, how about a fine? And when I asked President Xi, I said, do you have a drug problem? No, no, no. I said, you have 1.4 billion people. What do you mean you have no drug problem? No, we don't have a drug problem. I said, why? Death penalty. We give death penalty to people that sell drugs. End of problem. What do we do? We set up a blue ribbon committees. Lovely men and women. They sit around a table, they have lunch, they eat, they dine, and they waste a lot of time. So if we want to get smart, we can get smart. You can end the drug problem can end it a lot faster than you think. But President Xi's agreed to put fentanyl on his list of deadly, deadly drugs. And it's a criminal penalty, and the penalty is death. So that's, frankly, one of the things I'm most excited about in our trade deal. You want to know the truth? I think maybe there's no more important point. We're going to make billions of dollars with this trade deal. It's going to be great for our country and great for China, I hope. Their market's down close to 40 percent. Our market's way up. We've picked up, since my election, trillions of dollars of worth. Trillions, many trillions. And China's lost trillions of dollars. But I want it to be good for China, and I want it to be good for the United States. So we'll see what happens. Uh, China's coming here next week, by the way. They're coming home, the traders. And then uh, China's coming here next week. And then I'll be meeting with President Xi at some point after that to maybe for some remaining deals, we'll make them directly one-on-one -on -one ourselves. So we're going to be signing today and registering national emergency. There we go. And it's a great thing to do. It really is. Because we have an invasion of drugs, invasion of gangs, invasion of people, and it's unacceptable. And by signing the national emergency, something signed many times by other presidents, many, many times, President Obama. In fact, we may be using one of the national emergencies that he signed having to do with cartels, criminal cartels. It's a very good emergency that he signed, and we're going to use parts of it in our dealings on cartels. So that would be a second national emergency, but in that case, it's already in place. And what we want, really want to do is simple. It's not like it's complicated. It's very simple. We want to stop drugs from coming into our country. We want to stop criminals and gangs from coming into our country. Nobody's done the job that we've ever done. I mean, nobody's done the job that we've done on the border. And in a way, what I did by creating such a great economy, and if the opposing party got in, this economy would be down the tubes. You know, I hear a lot of people say, oh, well, but maybe the previous administration. Let me tell you, the previous administration, it was heading south and it was going fast. We would have been down the tubes. The regulations were strangling our country, unnecessary regulations. By creating such a strong economy, you just look at your televisions or see what's going on today, it's through the roof. What happens is more people want to come. 
So we have far more people trying to get into our country today than probably we've ever had before. And we've done an incredible job in stopping them, but it's a massive number of people. If we had the wall, it would be very easy. We would make up for the cost of the wall just in the cost of the fact that I would be able to have fewer people. We wouldn't need all of this incredible talent, some of whom are sitting in the first row. You wouldn't need all of this incredible talent. We would get — we would get thousands of law enforcement people, including Border Patrol. You put them in different areas. You have them doing different things. Law enforcement and Border Patrol. And I want to thank law enforcement, and I want to thank Border Patrol, and I want to thank ICE. ICE is abused by the press and by the Democrats. And by the way, we're going to be taking care of ICE. You know, we talk about the the new bill. We're going to be taking care of ICE. They wanted to get rid of ICE. And the bill is just the opposite of that. A lot of good things happen. So that's the story. We want to have a safe country. I ran on a very simple slogan, make America great again. If you're going to have drugs pouring across the border, if you're going to have human traffickers pouring across the border in areas where we have no protection, in areas where we don't have a barrier, then very hard to make America great again. But we've done a fantastic job, but we haven't been given the equipment. We haven't been given the walls. And in the bill, by the way, they didn't even fight us on most of the stuff. Ports of entry, we have so much money, we don't know what to do with it. I don't know what to do with all the money they're giving us. It's crazy. The only place they don't want to give us much money, $1 billion, $375 million. Sounds like a lot, but it's not so much, although we're putting it to much better use than it used to be. A lot of the past administrations, they had — it was easy to get, and they didn't build, or they didn't do what they could have done. It would have been great. It would have been great to have done it earlier, but I was a little new to the job, a little new to the profession. And we had a little disappointment for the first year and a half. People that should have stepped up did not step up. They didn't step up, and they should have. It would have been easy. Not that easy, but it would have been a lot easier. <laughs> But some people didn't step up. But we're stepping up now. So we have a chance of getting close to $8 billion. Whether it's $8 billion or $2 billion or $1.5 billion, it's going to build a lot of wall. We're getting it done. We're right now in construction with wall in some of the most important areas. And we have renovated a tremendous amount of wall, making it just as good as new. The majority of, of the people, though, just believe what he says. And it not, I mean, there is a large difference between $2 billion and $8 billion, no matter how you spend it. And we need new wall. So I want to thank everybody for being here. I want to thank, in particular, the angel moms and dads for being here. Thank you very much. We have great respect for you. The real country, our real country, the people that really love our country, they love you. So I just want you to know that I know how hard you fight, and I know how hard a fight you're having. I also want to thank all of the law enforcement for the job you do. Uh, believe me, our country loves you, and they respect you greatly. 
And we're giving you a lot of surplus. We're giving you surplus military equipment, which a lot of people didn't like giving previous to this administration. But uh, hundreds of millions of dollars of surplus equipment. And as we get it, as you know, we send it down, and you have much better protection. Uh, but I really appreciate you being here. So the, uh, the order is signed, and uh, I'll sign the final papers as soon as I get into the Oval Office. And we will have a national emergency, and we will then be sued, and they will sue us in the Ninth Circuit, uh, even though it shouldn't be there. And we will possibly get a bad ruling, and then we'll get another bad ruling, and then we'll end up in the Supreme Court, and hopefully we'll get a fair shake, and we'll win in the Supreme Court. Just like the ban, they sued us in the Ninth Circuit, and we lost, and then we lost in the Appellate Division, and then we went to the Supreme Court, and we won. And it was very interesting, because yesterday, they were talking about the ban. Because we have a ban. It's very helpful. Madam Secretary, is that right? Without the ban, we'd have a bigger problem. We have a ban on certain areas, certain countries. It seems like a joke Depending almost. on what's going on in the world. And we won. But somebody said, President Trump lost on the ban. Well, he was right. I lost at the lower court. He, ref he didn't say that we ultimately won at the United States Supreme Court. They didn't want to say that. They didn't want to go that far. They were saying how I lost. The person sitting right up here. Donald Trump lost on the ban. Yeah, I did. Pointing and to then Jim I Acosta. lost a second time. You should have said that, too. And then it went to the Supreme Court, and I won. Didn't want to take it that far. But we won on the ban, and we won on other things, too. Uh, the probably easiest one to win is on declaring a national emergency, because we're declaring it for virtual invasion purposes, drugs. Virtual invasion. Traffickers and gangs. And one of the things, just to finish, we have removed thousands of MS-13 gang monsters. Thousands. They're out of this country. We take them out by the thousands. And they are monsters. Okay. Do you have any questions? Yeah. All right. We'll see what okay. happens here. I might cut out and, uh, you know, if there's any prominent people like Jim Acosta that ask him questions. You were prepared. <laughs> Uh, Mr. President, a lot of the money... Were you saying I was prepared? What, with the microphone and oh, prepared for questions. I thought you questions. meant I was prepared. I couldn't believe <laughs> no, no, you no, no, said no. that. <laughs> People don't like saying that. You were prepared for questions. I am prepared. I'm always prepared. Uh, a lot of the money uh, that uh, goes to count toward your $8 billion is money that's being reprogrammed uh, in the DOD budget. How, how can you guarantee... All right, I think uh, we're going to cut out right here with this feed. I see Jim Acosta in the audience, so uh, we'll see if he gets in a clash with Donald Trump. I say that only because it's almost inevitable when they uh, go back and forth. But uh, we're going to fade the feed out right now, and uh, we'll see exactly what happens here with Jim Acosta. I will get uh, that feedback uh, if necessary when Jim Acosta, or if Jim Acosta gets asked uh, ask a question. So... Uh, we will have that for you all covered right here on the Jay Doherty podcast. And, wow, that was a good talk. I mean, more, I mean, of course, it was funny when he, when he kind of explained the whole rulings within the courts, but it was more of a, um, at least from what I saw, a kind of, of a reciting of what already happened. He made a huge deal out of it, and I thought the question, uh, you know, I, I think the question really is, He's making this a national emergency. He makes it so dramatic 
In fact, I don't know if anyone can feel the large effects now that Mr. Trump has declared the national emergency. So that's the national emergency alarm. You know, national emergency. Huge deal, huge deal. Everyone is going to die. All flights have been grounded. The national emergency has ensued. So there's my obnoxiously sounding alarms, and uh, he seems to make this like a DEFCON 1 issue. Uh, he really over like dramatized this. It was totally unnecessary to declare a national emergency, because that's just not what it is. It is not a national emergency. This is a uh, political thing that he is trying to, like, manifest so he can achieve his vote, the promises that he made on the uh, campaign trail. He shut down the government for 35 days for literally no reason, opened it for uh, three weeks. The He couldn't settle on any deal with the Democrats, which is, to be fair, both of their faults. I mean, it's Republican and Democrats' faults, but he couldn't settle a deal. So on the last day, February 15th today, he gave up and declared a national emergency. He caved because Nancy Pelosi had control over him, he declared a national emergency. It's almost like uh, it, the the whole dr like the drama within it almost reminded me of uh, DEFCON One from War Games. We have a launch detection. We have a Soviet launch detection. Bemuse confirmed a massive attack. Virtual invasion on the southern border. This is one of your simulations, Mr. National. All right. Flush the bombers, get the subs in launch mode. We are at DEFCON 1. DEFCON 1. Made up situation at the southern border. Major Lamb, get me a report on the Whopper. Initial attack profile is a full scale Soviet strike. Whopper is putting our losses at 85 to 95% of the strategic forces. What does Waffer recommend, Mr. McKittrick? Full-scale retaliatory strike. I need some machine to tell me that. President's on his way to Andrews to join Airborne Command, so we have to give launch option. Has he been in touch with the Premier? The Russians are still denying everything, sir. We have a Soviet submarine launch detection. Let's go into a launch mode. Close up the mountain. National emergency declaration is what he makes the people who are, uh, you know, believing him. He makes it sound like there's invasions of our country and that this border, this national emergency declaration is so important for the well-being of our country when really the only thing it will do is, it'll. I mean, it just, it, it, it is, first of all, I mean, really, the wall, I... I the ideology of a wall, it's simple, right? I mean, that's what he goes off of. But when you spend $8 billion, pull $8 billion from something else that would need it probably far more than the wall, uh, as he, uh, as the reporter mentioned, he's pulling it from the DOD fund, and uh, that that's what he's doing. So he's pulling money off of another part of... Uh, you know, the government, and he's putting it towards this wall that was originally going to cost uh, $4 billion, then it went to $5 billion, then it went to $5.7 billion, now it went to $8 billion. On the campaign trail, it went up to $25 billion. 
If you follow me on uh, Snapchat, at JDDJR777, you'll see I uh, posted something where it went over the campaign trail. He said, we could easily do the wall for four, we could easily do it for five, easily for seven, easily for eight, easily for ten, easily for twelve, easily for fifteen. He went up all the way to $25 billion, and now he's getting eight. After he gave up twice and had to get this national emergency. I believe Jim Acosta is asking a question right now. We'll see if we can get that feed in. And I believe we can. I bet... Uh, I, I'm already betting that there's going to be some, at least, uh, minute mention of uh, fake news. Jim Acosta right now asking a question at 11.19 a.m. Eastern Time. Here's Jim Acosta and Donald Trump right here. I wonder if you could comment on... Uh, this disconnect that we seem to have in this country where you are presenting information about what's happening at the border, calling it an invasion, talking about women with duct tape over their mouths and so on, and yet there's a lot of reporting out there, there's a lot of crime data out there, there's a lot of uh, Department of Homeland Security data out there that shows border crossings at a near record low. Well, uh, that shows us, un still, undocumented immigrants me, committing crime at lower levels. That shows undocumented criminals or undocumented immigrants committing crime at lower levels than native-born Americans. Um, what, what do you I, say I, to you? You don't, you don't really believe that stat. Do you really believe what, that what do you stat? Well, Take a look at this. our federal prisons. I believe, I believe in facts and statistics. Okay, and data, any more? Quick, let's go. Let me just ask you this. What do you say to your critics who say that you are creating a national emergency? That you're this is a great question. a national emergency here in order is. to get your wall because I, I you couldn't get it through other ways. Moms, what do you think? You think I'm creating something? Mm. Ask these incredible women who lost their daughters and their sons. Okay? Because your question is a very political question because you have an agenda. You're CNN. You're fake news. You have an agenda. Uh, the numbers that you gave are wrong. Take a look at our federal prison population. See how many of them percentage-wise, are illegal aliens. Just see. Go ahead and see. It's a fake question. Yes, go ahead. Is that it? I think Can it, I ask yeah. a follow-up? Oh, well, I guess not. Thank you, Mr. President. Just to follow up on that, unifying uh, crime reporting statistics, numbers from your own Border Patrol, numbers from this government show that the amount of uh, illegal immigrants are down. There is not violence on the border. And that there's most not violence on the there's border? not as much violence no. oh, really? as let me, wait a minute, wait a minute, people. Let me finish the killed. question, please. Let me finish the question. Two weeks please. ago, twenty six people were killed I in a gunfight on the border. I understand what you're saying. A mile saying. away from where I went. I'm not sure I was reporter. I understand. By the way. That's not the question. The question is Do we forget about that? No, I'm not forgetting about it. I'm asking you to clarify where you get your numbers because most of the uh, DEA Crime reporting statistics that we see show that drugs are coming across at the ports of entry, that illegal immigration is down, and the violence is down. Okay. So what do you base okay. your uh, facts me, on? There we go. go. And of, secondly, sort of, he bases his facts no, no. off his you beliefs. Get one, you get one. Well, the well, second question is, Wait, sit down. Sit down. Could you, could you please sit answer Sit down. You get one um, question. Uh, I please. get my numbers from a lot of sources, like Homeland Security, primarily. And the numbers that I have from Homeland Security are a disaster. And you know what else is a disaster? The numbers that come out of Homeland Security, Kirsten, for the cost that we spend and the money that we lose because of illegal immigration. Billions and billions of dollars a month. Billions and billions of dollars. And it's unnecessary. So your own government stats are wrong, are you saying? No, no. I use many stats. Could you I share those stats, stats with us? Let me tell you, you have stats that are far worse than the ones that I use. But I use many stats, but I also use 
Homeland Security. All right, next and question. And do you, wait a minute, just a quick follow-up. Right, I think he's, show, yeah, please. he shut him up. All right, so there's uh, U.S. President Donald Trump speaking to reporters. I thought that second guy actually did a great job pressing him on the question. I thought he did it in a pretty respectful manner, but also tried to pry it out of him. And uh, he did a great job. So, yeah, that's my little take. And I think, it, you know, can you feel the effects of this national emergency? Really, it makes no difference to the American people. It is just the same as it is yesterday and as it will be in the future. Perhaps you'll see a couple, you know, I mean, who knows what the statistics are going to be. Although what they pointed out at those DEA stats, the Department of Just, uh, de- de- excuse me, the Department of Defense statistics are 100% public. The public can go read them. The people who voted for Trump, the people who are pro for this wall, are uh, like they can go read those stats. Now, to the point with uh, the angel moms and the people who unfortunately have lost so many uh, of their children and, and, and family members at the border, that is incredibly sad and that's so wrong. But you do not need to spend $8 billion on a wall which you lost the battle over in Congress twice because you caved and then and then take 8 billion dollars off of uh, the Department of Defense and other places partial just partially the Department of Defense so there's no reason for this this de- this declaration of a na- of uh, national emergency in my very humble opinion that's where the uh, border stands right now, and we'll see if we can just get a little bit of a summary here. I'm getting in. Uh, I wrote, I took some notes as he kind of, uh, you know, stood uh, there and talked about uh, his whole deal here. But if this deal, if he does not sign this deal, which he basically expressed that he he will, the government shutdown will start in 11 hours, 39 minutes, and 2 seconds, and we have live countdown clock on the... Uh, on the website j-doherty.com. He's officially announced moments ago that he will declare a national emergency. And uh, while this shutdown is very unlikely, he is expected, of course, to compromise on it so the government shutdown will be avoided. He's doing this mostly because, for two reasons, political and economical reasons. He does not want to shut down the government again, but he also wants to fulfill his border promises. So, there's, I mean, seriously, that's why he's doing it. He doesn't want to lose $29 billion or more like he did the last time. And he also wants to fulfill his voters' promises. So, he has to figure out a way to do both. So, what he'll do is make a way bigger deal out of it than it is, convince all of his voters, and, uh, you know, convince all of his uh, voters that this is what happens, and, you know, this is how much of an emergency this actually is when it's not. And it's not just me saying this. There's tons, of course, Democrats say all this stuff, but there's Republicans too. Senator Rand Paul, of course, said that uh, I too want stronger uh, border security, including a wall in some areas, but how we do things matter. Over 1,000 pages dropped in the middle of the night and extra constitutional executive actions are wrong, no matter which party does them. That was on Twitter at 401 p.m. February 14th, 2019. That was yesterday. And then 19 hours ago, he also said, I'm disappointed with both the massive, bloated, and secretive bill that was just passed and with the president's intention to declare a national emergency to build a wall. That and so many other Republicans are saying that. And there are tons and tons of people. 
Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi and Senate Minority Chuck Schumer uh, put out a joint statement. They said that the uh, crisis that Trump describes, quote, does not exist. And in the statement, they said this is a plainly a this is plainly a power grab by a disappointed president who has gone outside the bounds of the law to get what he failed to achieve in the constitutional legislative process. Could not have said it better myself, and I think a lot of Republicans would agree with that because that, while that seems a pretty skewed to the left, that those are facts. You know, you could say, uh, even if you support the wall, that is a fact. That is not an opinionated statement. He failed both in, he failed twice in the legislature to get this wall because of not only Democrats but also Republicans. So now he has to go please his voters and say that he is going to, um, you know, build this wall and do whatever it takes. He thinks this shows toughness and resilience. It does not show that. It shows that you just are going to throw a fit every time you don't get your way. He said, and this is one of the more important quotes I wrote down, and I'm looking at it here. This is the exact quote. We have so much money that we don't know what to do with it. I don't know uh, what to do with all of the money they're giving us. So that's what he said, and he's, he said that uh, definitely he's going to sign the national emergency over the border wall today. And uh, Sarah Sanders tweeting out, this morning at 10.02 a.m., he said President Donald Trump signs a declaration for a national emergency to address the national security and humanitarian crisis at the southern border. That's what happens now, and uh, that's what's going to happen today. We're covering all live right here on the Jay Doherty Podcast, and we're so happy to have you with us. The number is 312-625-8492 if you want to give us a call and express your political thoughts uh, on the podcast. The lines are open 24-7 at 312 625 8492. We're going to end the show right there. It's 1124 right now as we finish up the show. And uh, thank you very much to uh, the feed from uh, a couple of various sources. Thank you very much to everyone listening. Thank you to the 42 people who are watching this coverage or still watching this coverage from the chat room on the website, jay-doherty.com. Very grateful for that. That's my new outro music. Fade that down a little bit, but uh, you see, that's my new thing. It's going to start right at that drop. That's what I plan to do for the rest of the podcast. It's 11.25, and we're very happy to have everyone listening to the podcast right now. That was live coverage of Donald Trump's statement from the Rose Garden in the White House to declare his so-called national emergency, and I compared it to war games. I showed uh, that... You know, I showed what happened, uh, how Republicans and Democrats are responding. I actually forgot to mention that Marco Rubio of Florida said, I generally don't think it's a good idea for this national uh, emergency. And Senator uh, Suzanne Collins also said that the decision is a mistake on the part of the president and just not a good policy. We'll have all these tweets embedded on the website, jay-doherty.com. If you want to get the latest news updates, the place to go is jay-doherty.com slash newsletter. And you can get all the latest updates right in your inbox on a weekly basis. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back tomorrow. Bye.